Hello and welcome to Culture Sex Relationships with me, Justin Hancock. Uh, I should say welcome to, that kind of implies that you're not part of the show as much as I am. So, um, hi, thanks for pressing play. I've pressed record, I'm talking. Thank you for making this show happen. Um, thank you for sending in your questions. I'm going to answer a question today. Uh, as I've said before in previous episodes, it's really helpful when you send in questions or ideas because half of the work in in making a podcast is um is coming up with ideas and answering questions and knowing what to talk about so um it's really useful so if you want to send in question or idea you can email me culturesexrelationships at gmail.com or dm me on one of the platforms you might find me on this is how i got today's question or you can ask me a question more anonymously via a google form in a link in the show notes um thanks also also to my patrons patreon.com forward slash culture sex relationships um quite a few people give me a pound a month or uh, even more uh, to help me make the show to pay for my costs and pay for my time a bit to to make these shows obviously if, if i get more of those i can make more shows but also um there are extra bits and bobs at the patreon a zine i'm working on which i might add to some more today um and sometimes uh, there are some extra episodes from the meg john and justin archive and some extra episodes i've done as well uh one with uh, eleanor yanniger about the microcosm macrocosm macrocosm microcosm um anyway so uh, lots of stuff on there but mostly it's just to support the show thank you so much to patrons who who do so uh here's today's question i often struggle with unpicking what of my feelings is really mine and what's internalized homophobia slash transphobia slash sexism slash sex negativity etc as a result i really struggle to trust myself and become anxious worrying that i'm unconsciously repeating harmful patterns i know that identities aren't fixed and that we're all constantly evolving and all, all relation all in relation to one another I suppose really with all this in mind, my question is, how do we work towards being authentically ourselves and trusting ourselves around sexual slash gender identity? How do we hold space for our own feelings, both physical and emotional, whilst also combating all the crap that we are imbued with by society? I think that's a really, really interesting question and really I think it gets to the heart of what this project is, the project we're all doing together, uh, if you uh, listen to the show, you're part of this project and you're kind of aware of wanting to do this, both for yourself, but also with your loved ones, the people in your lives. Um, but also it's the project of what good sex, good sex education should do, relationships and sexuality education should do. And that is that, you know, if we didn't have the, the crap that we're imbued with by society, then... Our relationship to ourselves, our sexual selves, our gendered identities, uh, our relationship selves would be a hell of a lot easier. It would be so much easier. I mean, that plus all of the material things that make it harder. So the how housing costs are incredibly high, particularly in the UK, but in lots of uh, well, lots of parts of the world. Um, just living is more expensive you know obviously that makes it harder as my friend sarah says um uh our housing cost used to be 12 percent of our income back in the day back in the 80s imagine what our lives would be like if our housing costs were only 12 percent of uh of our of, uh, of our income imagine what kind of lives we might have imagine what that might do for our sexual relational uh 
gendered selves, um, what else it might do. Um, but uh, certainly, as well as those material things, are all of these what we're calling what I might call here discursive things. Are all these stories or codes, should stories about how we should monitor and discipline ourselves in relation to sex, relationships, gender, sexuality, that makes all of those things much more difficult. So navigating all of this is really tricky. That is the work. Okay, so let's just take a moment to just recognize that is the work. I think it's really important to kind of think that to remember that before I get on to kind of critiquing the self, and I'm going to bring in some ideas of uh, some theoretical ideas from my good friends Fil uh, Gilles Deleuze and Felix Guattari. Uh, Guattari. Uh, but I think it's really important just to notice that, you know, we all have these discursive resources. We all have these these other stories, these other things that we do, and which are also which might be useful kind of technologies of the self, like these useful uh, thoughts, ideas that are actually actions and things that we produce in the world that help us already to navigate some of these things. So, you know, what are the kinds of, when, dear listener, you're coming up with internalised homophobia, transphobia, sexism, sex negativity, uh, which I, I might from now on use another phrase in your uh, uh, email to, to summarise all of that all the crap we're imbued with by society what are the things that you use what are the things you're, the resources you already have that are helping you to combat all this crap there will be some what are they what are what are the things that you do the conversations you've had the relationships you have the uh the useful stories you have about yourself the knowledges you have about yourself as who as you are as a person the um actual things you've put into practice uh, the, uh, the the kind of the day-to-day the -day things that you might do which might help um, you have a lot of these things and you have a lot of ideas of ourselves of yourself but one of the things that I'm kind of reading in your in your question as well is and this is very useful because a lot of I think a lot of people do this and um, I think it's a real problem is that you kind of you're thinking about the things that you're lacking and perhaps maybe identifying with those where you could just as easily look at the things that you actually have, the things that you're not lacking, the thing that the things that you have an abundance of, that you uh, the the things that are helping you in your day to day life, and you may as well be looking at those things that you do have, and it's really important that we do this, and it's really important that we don't try to get a sense of our self entirely from the things we don't have like our sense of self isn't from that which is lacking it's our sense of self is from that which we can do all the resources that we have all the things that we do so just for a moment as you say here as a, as a result i struggle to trust myself and become anxious worrying that i'm unconsciously repeating harmful patterns that implies to me that there are times where you do trust yourself there are times when you aren't anxious where you might be calm and grounded and maybe just maybe instead of unconsciously repeating harmful patterns maybe much more frequently you might be producing consciously producing and repeating really useful and helpful and nurturing patterns 
okay so try to think back to a glimpse of a day a glimpse of a moment that happened in the last couple of weeks or so where you could trust yourself a little bit and you were comfortable and grounded and that you were consciously doing something which you knew was going to be helpful what did you notice about yourself that told you you were able to do that what how did you know you could trust yourself how did you know you were comfortable and grounded how did you know that you were repeating a useful and nurturing pattern consciously what could other people recognizing you what could other people notice about you what told them that you were able to do this how did they respond to you being able to do that how did you respond back what did you notice about yourself as you're responding back as this feeling started to emerge what did they notice how did they respond to that how did you respond to that what else happened what else and what else okay once we start to really interrogate this and start to think well okay i am doing all these things which are combating the crap that we're imbued with that gives you a sense that you've created this set of tools which are both stories about yourself like discourses about yourself but also some resources some capacities some abilities to do things okay so we have those and it's really important that we have them and that that is your could already be your sense of self that the constant struggle is to overcome is to combat all the crap we're imbued with but you have these other things in there as well which you could build in which are kind of like part of your building blocks they're part of um this uh, a structure that is you okay um i am now just going to kind of unpack a little bit a little bit of this stuff by thinking differently about what we mean by the self okay so you talk about internalized homophobia transphobia sexism sex negativity etc when we use the word internalized in this way it kind of implies that you are a, a self with a very thickly drawn kind of boundary around what you as a self is or what your I idealized version of yourself is as if it were a kingdom within a kingdom okay that you are this that you're separate to the outside world you interact with the outside world there are things that are outside you and then you you take those and they become inside you when you internalize something you take something from the from the outside and you bring it inside somehow and somehow it gets trapped there you you take it and you you, you it gets trapped there that's when we think about these our cells as being separate bodies these pre-existing things these pre-existing uh, beings that exist separate to the outside world and everything else around us okay like so there are subjects and there are objects and you're a subject and everything else is an object the outside world what if instead of thinking that way you instead are more of a porous self more of a porous membrane where the insides and outsides are not so clearly demarcated okay what does that mean well it would certainly experience how we might it, it would certainly explain how we might experience homophobia transphobia sexism sex negativity on the inside and the outside because the outside there is still a lot of homophobia and transphobia sexism there's a lot of crap there's a lot of crap that we're imbued with by society on the outside so all the crap on the outside is is um is there 
And it's not so much that we're imbued with it, it's that we're living in it. And because we are we are in relation to all of those things and that we that that exists both internally and externally simultaneously but that there is a constant flow okay i think this is really kind of important to know that you know if we're if we're living in a society if we're living in a society with all this crap with all these stories about how we're supposed to be all the harmful stories and also the 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 harmful material um things that uh so you know for example lack of access to services uh, a lack of rights uh people not recognizing our names uh people shaming us around uh sexuality people shaming you or belittling us about um about our gender orientation just when also as well as there being all of these stories which are harmful and difficult around us but there are also these the material things that many people face so access to services um, access to uh, healthcare, uh, access to rights, um, being talked about in in Parliament and and the actual you know the the transphobia that exists in Parliament. Uh, for, for we've had recent examples of this this week. Um, so when we're in this world and existing as these kind of existing in relation to all of those things, because they exist in the world, they in often exist within us. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we have to internalize them or become imbued with them is that we exist in relation to them and i think that's really useful because that kind of that's a useful way of thinking because that means that there because we're always in a relation to there is always this possibility of movement and change and flow and small things can really help like so the smallest possible change over here can create quite big changes over here because everything is connected and changes create reactions and reactions create more changes new things emerge something else happens over here another something else emerges over here there's a new way of looking at something here this thing changes over here and then suddenly things start to look a bit different so i think thinking in that way is probably quite useful also just to kind of complicate this idea of what are your feelings uh, well, we could argue through us the social model of feelings and, and consciousness is that no feelings are entirely ours. We only really get feelings from being in the outside world through being in relation to, as I've been explaining recently on the podcast, you know, if you give um, a baby infant uh, a sugary solution, then their eyes might um, open, their pupils might dilate, uh, they uh, their cheeks might redden, their lips might turn upwards. Uh, they uh, they might move their their little arms and legs, and they might appear to be excited. And the an adult who just fed that to them would help them to understand that that is a feeling that they're having. That they are being that that affect their how their body is being affected. Eyes opening, lips turning upwards, cheeks reddening, is that they are being affected, and that they are experiencing a feeling of joy or nice things. You know that they enjoyed that. Okay, and the opposite would happen if they were fed a bitter or a sour solution. So all of our feelings happen in relation to the external world around us. Nothing exists outside of the relation, to quote uh, Jeremy Gilbert uh, from his excellent book Common Ground, uh, but also nothing exists outside of, we can't step outside of culture as well, to quote Ros Gill, um, but also um, nothing exists outside of nature. Uh, to quote uh, Australian 
uh, uh, Australian theorist whose name has completely escaped me for the moment, but she's... Uh, anyway, it'll come back to me. It might come back to me. Anyway, so even our sense of feelings, so our sense of consciousness, is always in relation to those people, to people around us. After a while, feelings become emotions. Emotions become uh, memories of emotions and thoughts and uh, rationality. And then those thoughts might become actions. And then those actions might help us to understand how we're affected by the external world and how to respond to that. And that's how we become human. That's how consciousness is constantly evolving. So every day is this is this new every day this is happening every day where we become conscious that every well being conscious is doing all of this consciousness is this social act it just happens in relation to the external world which is what you're talking about here in your question that we are all constantly evolving and all in relation to each other and this is the really crucial thing and you know often in questions people reveal the resources they already have and this is a resource you already have because you know that this is something um that is that is helpful because you know because you put it in your you've put it in your question so which gets me to the bit where i'm going to bring in uh my good friends uh gilles Deleuze and felix guattari and their book a thousand plateaus because really in many ways your question is um, justin how can i make myself a body without organs and let me explain, let me get Deleuze and Guattari to explain both what, a, well, they won't explain what a body without organs is, because they don't do that, because things are self-causing causes. Uh, but I am on, uh, so this is um, Plateau 6, they don't call them chapters, they're called Plateaus. So Plateau 6, November is called November 28th, 1947. How do you make yourself a body without organs? And the plateau begins thus. At any rate, you have one, or several. It's not so much that it pre-exists or comes ready-made, although in certain respects it is pre-existent. At any rate, you make one. You, can, you can't desire without making one, and it awaits you. It's an inevitable exercise or experimentation, already accomplished the moment you undertake it, unaccomplished as long as you don't. And so, even in asking me this question, you are becoming the body without organs <laughs> uh, the body without organs i guess is is what might happen when you're able to use the resources that you have these stories that you have about yourself but that you don't do that in order to understand your innate self like who i really am as if that is this fixed kind of entity but that you understand that the self has these capacities to connect with other people to connect with the outside world that you don't only understand yourself in terms of what you don't have all of the, the things that you lack and all of the things that you do to try to ameliorate that lack that really for you to understand your sense of yourself living in the world being in the world is this possibility of using your resources to enable you to exist with others to become other so rather than becoming authentically yourself because you're then you don't know what yourself is in this kind of model yourself is this machine which is constantly moving and in relation to everything else which you talked about there is no kind of self here you're just becoming other or as Deleuze and Guattari here would say you are becoming 
the body without organs. You're moving from just being entirely stories about yourself and stories about who you are essentially, and you're becoming this resourced body full of capacities and possibilities and possibilities of connection uh, with other um with other bodies that can do the same thing when i'm saying bodies here i'm also meaning minds body is the mind and mind is body here there is uh everything is made out of the same we're saying here that everything is everything is made from the same matter everything is matter okay and so there is no difference between mind and body that's the whole that's the whole thing here um so here's some advice from Deleuze and Guattari in the thousand plateaus i'm on a page 178 uh, about two-thirds of the way down uh, and they say it's, it's I like this chapter because it is quite self-helpy even though you know it's wild and it's quite trippy but you know I'm enjoying it so they say this is how it should be done so they're also saying here that you have all of these ideas of yourself you have this kind of um, these uh, the everything we've talked about so far you have these uh, the stories and the discourses about yourself and you have these kind of resources that already understand you well enough when you're on a good day and you also have these you have these things that you that help you combat all the crap that is out there okay but what they're saying here is that we, in order to open you up to kind of connect with the world and to become the body without organs you need to be able to address what they call here as the strata so that is your strata this is like your kind of uh I guess it's like your your structure of who of who you imagine yourself to be okay um they say be careful because you don't want to bring the whole thing crashing down okay that you want to kind of do this gently and in relation to it and that's what this bit is about okay so uh i'll just read a bit from here so this is how it should be done lodge yourself on a stratum experiment with the opportunities it offers Find, your, find an advantageous place on it. Find potential movements of deterritorialization, so where uh, you're able to start to see uh, how you have been territorialized by the stories that are told, by all the crap you're imbued with by society, how you might start to unwind some of those things and re, re deterritorialize those, like open things up. Uh, find potential movements of deterritorialization possible lines of flight experience them produce flow conjunctions here and there try out continuums of intensities segment by segment have a small plot of new land at all times it is through a meticulous relation with the strata that one succeeds in freeing lines of flight causing conjugated flows to pass and escape and bring forth continuous intensities for a body without organs so so far this is a bit like the advice i've already given you okay it's like notice those times where you do feel like you can trust yourself notice those times where you have felt grounded and that you are producing a and repeating a useful and nurturing pattern what do people notice about you what do you notice about yourself how do they respond how do things emerge so this is what we're doing you're on the the stratum here as they would say and you're you're noticing what happens when you might become the body without organs okay <laughs> i love this um next bit connect conjugate continue a whole diagram as opposed to a still signifying and subjective programs we are in a social formation 
first to see how it is stratified for us and in us and at the place where we are, okay, that's what I was just saying, then descend from the strata to the deeper assemblage within which we are held, gently tip the assemblage, making it pass over to the side of the plane of consistency. It is only there that the body without organs reveals itself for what it is. This is a really good bit. Connections of desires, conjunction of flows, continuum of intensities. You have constructed your own little machine, ready when needed to be plugged into other collective machines. Isn't that good? So instead of you kind of understanding yourself as just kind of responding to lack, the things that you don't have and the thing and the crap that society imbues you with, you're not just that, but that gives you this this stratum, this place where you can sit in order to try to become other, where you can open yourself up to being this 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 body full of these possibilities, this continuum of intensities, connection of desires, a conjunction of flows that might connect you with the external world. And so, and might plug you into other machines, which might be other people, but also um, uh, ideas, experiences, other experiences with the external world, but also in what ways might that enable you to connect with others in order that you create the conditions where other people too can become bodies without organs, okay? Where other people might do this thing of transcending the crap that you're imbued with. So rather than just kind of trying to make space for it and trying to modulate your your way around it and try to kind of finding your little spaces here and there that you create these small islands, you do this work, and then you help others to be able to do that for themselves. And... Let me read another bit. For the body without organs is all of that, necessarily a place, necessarily a plane, necessarily a collectivity, assembling elements, things, plants, animals, tools, people, powers, and fragments of all of these. For it is not my body without organs. Instead of the me, moi, it is on it, or what remains of me, unalterable, changing in form, crossing, th crossing thresholds. So it's this thing of that when you become these kind of these desiring machines, as they as they call it, that are in the external world in relation to the external world and that all the external world makes up the body without organs with these affective flows that um, that you where you can produce new lines of flight, new ways of thinking, new ways of doing, then you not only are able to cope with all of the stuff, all of the crap, that, but you also have this power to both transcend it and change it. That all of that crap, when everyone is able to, to do that, when everyone plugs their machines into one another and helps each other to become the body without organs, then society might become the body without organs, okay? And this is how, like, change, cultural change can happen, you know, we're talking about this in a kind of like very micro politics way and this podcast is kind of about micro politics because it's about individuals writing in with their questions but it's like but this is this is the work and when we're able to kind of to do this work and to help other people to do this work to connect with each other then the productive possibilities of that uh, of being of being of seeing ourselves as being uh, part of this broader assemblage of relations, not just these individual cells trying to cope with their individual lives, but 
that but this deeply connected network and uh, and assemblage of lots of different forces then there is this huge potential because when when there is this possibility this kind of uh, this larger assemblage of possible of, of collectivities and desires and and forces and flows then small changes can actually start to make quite big differences because they exist in relation to the rest of the world because we're not kingdoms within kingdoms we're making these changes we're doing we're in these small ways in which we become bodies without organs or to transcend or to become other um or you know to make it even more simple to be joyful to be happy to be a resourced body being in the world and connecting with the rest of the world and and working with the external world to produce a better world then the possibilities are endless i think that's a really kind of a beautiful idea so i hope you found that helpful and um i certainly find it helpful to think of myself in this way um even though i'm not personally uh facing you know homophobia transphobia sexism or sex negativity maybe i've had a bit of that but you know um certainly uh it, i find this kind of stuff helpful for me and i know that actually you know the work of Deleuze and guattari and this idea of assemblages um and the body of that organs is really useful for a lot of trans folk um and non, uh, certainly uh, trans non-binary folk trans folk by folk um because the body of other organs and Deleuze and guattari are is a very useful way of thinking in this kind of non-binary way it's about thinking of like what else and it kind of gets also gets away from this idea of like cause and effect and it's more like what else can a body do what can things actually do anyway i'll stop ranting about why they're great but there's a lot of good really good scholarship uh, out there uh, about gender and sexuality that is uh, inspired by Deleuze and Guattari so i hope you find that useful too right so but also dear listener continuing to try to make this podcast into a bit more of a rhizomatic podcast an assemblage where you're as involved as i am as well as asking asking your questions telling me about your problems why don't you tell me about your solutions what works for you can you describe a moment when you felt like a body without organs can you describe a time when you really felt this kind of uh, conjunction of flows a continuum of intensities a connection of desires can you describe in detail just a minute when that when this happened to you recently when you experienced this kind of almost like transcending joy of something what was going on how were people responding to you if you wanted to put that in an email to me i could read that out that might be quite fun um how do you know when you've become the body without organs when you are the body without organs what do you notice <laughs> uh let's have some fun with it so yeah email me in culturesexrelationships at gmail.com and i can read some of those out i can read out some of your solutions i could also read out some of your problems and try to answer them as well i've got a couple more in the bank but um if you do want to email me some more in uh feel free uh also remember i do uh, offer a coaching service so some of the things i've been some of the ways i've been talking here about what do you notice what do they notice comes directly from solution focused therapy which is really useful and i've been trained in solution focused conversations so if you wanted to have a solution focused chat with me um generally speaking it works after one or two sessions and so it won't cost you very much um uh get in touch uh, via my website there's a link in the bio it's like 45 quid a session if you earn under 50 grand a year i think uh and given that you only need one or two sessions it's pretty cheap 
Um, people often find this really, really useful. Uh, uh, but also, if you want to check out any of the zines that Meg John and I worked on, you can find those at uh, megjohnandjustin.com forward slash publications. Or if you want to check out uh, some of the extra stuff, as I was saying, there's a few extra things at my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash culture sex relationships. And um, if you do any of these things, then I can earn more money and then I can make more shows, hopefully. Uh, and we can make more shows together as part of our assemblage. We are the assemblage that is culture sex relationships. And so until next time I press record and you press play, um, uh, have a great one. I uh, hope you become the body with our organs in the meantime. Okay, bye.